Do you smell that? It is game day. It is game day. So fucking pumped. I'm feeling a little loopy right now because I'm recording this. It's like midnight on Saturday, but I had to get this out. I am freaking stoked because today is our first preseason game. And probably the most excited I've been about a game since... Gosh, I don't even know. Probably week one of last year, week two, because week two, everyone got hurt, and it was just a shit show downhill from there. And, you know, that's that's just kind of what it was. But <sighs> here we are. Game day, Saturday. First game. Let's get right into it. So. Who is not going to be playing tomorrow? There's a good amount of guys, mostly vets, that are not going to be playing. Center Alex Mack, taking the day off. Left tackle Trent Williams, taking the day off. Raheem Mostert, taking the day off. Kyle Juszczyk, taking the day off. Mohamed Sanu, taking the day off. Jalen Hurd, back's not feeling too good. Maybe it's his knee, taking the day off. Nick Bosa. Going easy on the ACL. Probably won't play until preseason game three. Taking the day off. D Ford, they're being careful with him. They know what he can do. Taking the day off. So, uh, yeah, out of the starting 22, that's like eight, seven or seven or eight right there. Uh, questionable. I do wonder. I, I don't think we're going to see much, if any, of Abukum just because he's been dealing with that leg soreness and swelling for the last few days. Same thing with Javon Kinlaw. Uh, he's at his knee thing, and same thing. They're probably looking to ease him in. So maybe he gets a series or two, if that. And Jason Verrett, I, as far as I know, he's doing amazing. All reports are his great. But, hey, maybe they just don't want him to play because veteran, great shape, Injury history. Hey, who knows? If he's out there, that's cool. I haven't heard anything about him not being out there. I'm just purely guessing on Verrett. So, uh, what to expect tomorrow, or sorry, it's today. I just haven't slept yet. It's 12.40 a.m. So, what can we expect in the game today versus the Chiefs? First thing is the starters. So, the starting offense, and I'm assuming the starting defense is going to probably play one to two series. So we're going to see Jimmy G out there. He's going to have three-fifths of an offensive line. <laughs> um, he's, you know, not going to have his starting running back, fullback. Uh, but the starters are going to get one series. So hopefully it's a good series. Hopefully it's not a three and out. Hopefully, you know, ten plays, give or take. Hopefully it is one good drive. What I would really like to see is Jimmy throw further than 10 yards. At least attempt a couple passes further than 5 or 10 yards because that's that's why we are where we are. And Jimmy, if you're listening, I love you. But if you want to start and lead this team this year... You gotta show more than last year, and you gotta take some risks. 
And you need to show that you're willing to lead this team by taking some decent shots because if teams aren't going to respect your aggressiveness and you are an aggressive gunslinger and I love that, but you got to take shots. You got to you got to target guys further than 3 yards downfield. So I want to see Jimmy take some shots. Uh n- not even a ton, just you know, get throw in like, you know, give me like a 20-yard dig or give me a post or give me like a 10-yard out. You know, just give me something or Give me like a really good play action deep ball to Iuke where you complete a 30 yarder. Like something awesome like that. Just just show more than a five yard slant or a screen. Please, Jimmy. That's all I'm asking for. Anyways, uh starting defense. Uh <laughs> funny thing starting defense is it looks like we're probably gonna be missing our Three starting defensive ends between Bosa, Ford, and probably Abukam. I think Armstead is also going to be taking the day off. I don't know if I mentioned him or not, but he's probably going to be taking the first uh, the game off. So if Armstead's not out there, you're basically looking at Kinlaw, DJ Jones, and then the starting defensive ends are probably going to be Jordan Willis and... Maybe Arden Key, but again, if we see Arden Key, I know that he had a minor thing that was bugging him the last day or two. So already we're going to be without, you know, probably our three or four or five best defensive linemen. But it's all good. It's game one. And as fun as it's going to be to watch the starters out there, it's only going to be one or two series. What we're really here for is Trey. It's time. It's time to see what the future is in San Francisco. We gave up three first-round picks so that we could get this kid, and the hype machine's been rolling. Trey's been killing it in camp. Even after he he started out camp so hot, and even cooling off a little bit in the last couple practices, the last two, three, four practices... It's there's still basically no debate that Trey had a better camp than Jimmy, and he has been impressing. He's been pushing the ball downfield. His athleticism is on display. His arm is on display, and he's wowing people. And I want to be wowed. I want to watch this game. And when Trey comes in in like the second series of the game with the offense, there's probably gonna be. Oh, I don't know. We're probably going to be like, uh, you know, five five or seven minutes into the first quarter. And then Trey's going to come in. I want to see what's going to happen. He is going to get from basically the second series, the entire rest of the first half. So I don't know exactly how many plays that's going to be, but I would guess it's probably going to be three to four series. So we can reasonably expect they're not going to go all perfectly. But here's what I want to see. And I just wrote down a couple words here of what I want to see. Obviously, I just want to I just want to have a fun time and watch the kid ball out. Um, as far as what I'm really looking at, I want to see how his poise is. It's been no secret if you've been following the beat writers and podcasts and all the stuff going on that the second team offensive line is not that good. 
and Kansas City said that they're going to leave their starters in for the first quarter. That means the first quarter, Trey Lance is likely going to be going up most of Kansas City's first-team defense. I don't know if that means that we're going to have some Chris Jones going up against Aaron Banks. I kind of hope not, just because I don't know if the kid's ready for it, but if he is, hey, welcome to the NFL. Trial by fuck. Trial by mail. Or, uh, blah, blah, blah. Trial by fire, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I want to see what it looks like. I want to see if everything that he's been doing in camp still translates when it's another team that is not going to go easy on him. Because Kansas City, they're going to tackle him, they're going to hit him, and they're going to be aggressive. You know how Kansas City is? They Their defense is... They have a very, very hybridized kind of random defense. I I remember watching Kansas City's defense this past year, and I couldn't figure it out because it was like they were running a different defense almost like every play. So they're going to screw with him. They're going to send crazy stuff at him. They're going to test him. And I want to see how Trey does. I want to see if he looks poised in the pocket. I want to see if he looks calm, cool, and collected. I want to see how he looks in the pocket, shuffling around, stepping up, evading pressure. I want to see when the pocket does break down, how how much do his physical traits translate to the NFL? We know that he was a total dominant mofo in college. And the kid's an athlete. He's 21 years old. He's built like a tight end. He's 6'4", almost 230 pounds. And he was trucking kids in college, and running by them, stiff-arming them, and everything. Can he do that in the NFL? I want to see. The other thing that I want to see is, how does he play from the pocket? Are we seeing what we've seen in the past, which is he's really quick, decisive, getting through his reads. He's got a rocket arm. But how is his ball placement? Is he getting it to his receivers in stride, or are they having to adjust awkwardly to get it? One thing that he worked on a lot, and I remember a very interesting story talking about after OTAs, that 40 days off between OTAs and training camp, Trey Lance, the first thing that he did was he went to Atlanta and he worked with his coach, uh, I want to say Embry, his quarterback coach. And the first thing they worked on was like two, three weeks, they purely worked on his footwork. So just... Because, you know, when it comes to quarterback accuracy, so much of it starts in the feet. You know, your feet is your base, and it just kind of works its way up. First thing he did getting out of OTAs was he went, he worked with his coach, he worked on his feet. And then after he did that, he also then went to uh, the different quarterback coach, Beck, in California. And then he worked on his mechanics and stuff. And that's one of the things that was so impressive was the difference between Trey and OTAs. So the difference between his 2019 college tape, his pro day, his OTAs, and training camp is that every single step of the way, he has made visible improvements. So college tape was very impressive, but not always very accurate. He had high throws. He had low throws. He had just throws that were not on target and his guys were having to adjust. And because of that, he was lacking yards after catch because they weren't, he wasn't getting it to them in stride. He wasn't able to fit in in the tight windows. 
he had a he had kind of a long loopy release. Uh, you then fast forward to his pro day. His release looked a lot quicker, a lot crisper. Uh, you fast forward to OTAs. He looked good there, very similar, uh, but a little better. And then you fast forward to training camp, and his accuracy was much improved. His ball placement was much better. I think his completion percentage, I've heard different numbers. So David Lombardi, his tracking, I think he gave trans th- uh, Trey Lance throughout all of training camp about a 63, 64% completion percentage. Grant Cohn, he gave Trey Lance about a 69% completion percentage. Uh, I think some of that is because how Lombardi and Cohn track things a little bit differently, just in terms of Lombardi tries to be a little bit more careful with if there's a foul on the play, like a flag that's unrelated to Trey, he wouldn't count it. Or if, say that it was like a presumed sack on the play, but he, you know, because it's training camp, they're not actually bringing him down. He still stays there and makes the throw. He's not counting that because it was ruled a sack on the play. So either way, though, point being is his accuracy. He was completing between 64 and 69% of his passes. So let's call it 65, 66. If he does that in the game today, that's awesome. And I want to see how his ball placement is. I want to see him take some shots, uh, like downfield shots. I want to see him make some tight window throws. I want to see him getting through his reads, progressing, making good decisions, being aggressive, but also being careful with the ball. That's another thing that he was so good with in college was that he knew when to take shots and he would take a shot. It's part of the reason his completion percentage wasn't quite as low was because he was willing to take those 30, 40 yard shots downfield. Receiver doesn't always come up with it. That's a low percentage throw. The point being is he was taking shots. He was also at the same time that he was taking shots being careful with the ball. Wasn't always super accurate, but he always placed it where his guy could make a play on it, but the defender couldn't. So if the defender had inside leverage, he would place it outside. He might not be super accurate, but he was still placing it away from the defender, not throwing it into guys who were covered. Uh, I think, again, tracking his numbers at a training camp, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I think he had roughly nine passing touchdowns to two interceptions. If that's what we're looking at, that's amazing, because that's a four and a half to one ratio. I mean, Jimmy in camp, for reference, was like five touchdowns, three or four interceptions. So Jimmy is just barely getting more touchdowns than interceptions. Now, granted, Jimmy's playing against Verrett, Ward, Mosley, Fred Warner, you know, some of the best cover guys not just on the team, but in the NFL. And Trey's playing against the second teams. But you can't argue with Trey being careful with the ball. So I want to see all that. All the things that we've heard about in training camp and that we know from his college film, I want to see how it translate in real NFL, granted preseason game, but a real game. So he gets the entire first half. The first quarter he's going to be playing against Kansas City's first teams. Second quarter is probably going to be against most of Kansas City's number twos. Now, if Trey straight up dominates the number twos, that's great. And 
I don't know what we're going to get exactly, but what I want to see is I want to see all those things. You know, good decision-making, rocket arm, careful with the football, how is his poise in the pocket, how is his mobility in the pocket, how is his ball placement in terms of where he's placing the ball on the receiver for yards after catch, and then how do his physical skills translate in terms of running ability, breaking tackles, Uh, and then is he actually taking on hits or is he being careful running out of bounds sliding etc so those are all the things other than that i'm just freaking pumped that we're gonna get a watch trey lance and we're gonna have a good amount of film to look at and the highlights are gonna be they're gonna be awesome Uh, I, i was watching the patriots game the other i think it was yesterday uh thursday so i guess technically two days ago but it was kind of funny watching Mac Jones, and Mac Jones played well, but he also played like Mac Jones. It was it was really funny because he was making these like three yard, five yard completions. The announcers were like, "Oh my gosh, did you see him like shuffle up in the pocket and deliver that three yard pass?" And I was like, "Yeah, cool." And he did have one really good deep ball that I believe it was Jacoby Myers. He had it placed perfectly, like he let it. He, like, he led him, and he led him to the outside when the guy, the defender, was behind him. So perfect ball placement on that one deep ball. The receiver should have caught it. Um, but either way, I want to – point being is that Mac Jones, he played well, but he did not wow me. I want Trey to, to wow me and blow my mind, and then I will be watching the highlights for a week until the next preseason game over and over and over and dissecting them, and all that good stuff. So, that's what I'm most excited to watch with Trey Lance. It's finally here. We get to see him. All right, so, number five on the field. Let's do it. Some other guys who I want to keep an eye out for. And I'm going to bring up uh, the depth chart here, as well as the rookie numbers, because... I want to know what numbers you guys are going to... You're, you're going to want to know what numbers because it's going to be hard to keep track. You know how the TV cameras are. So, uh, other guys that we're going to want to keep an eye out for, most of the guys that I want to watch, I don't really care too much about the veterans because veterans are veterans. We're not really learning anything from them because we kind of know who and what they are. You know, So, I want to see all the rookies and all the second-year players that didn't have a chance to play last year. Because remember, there was no preseason last year, so we've never had a chance to see, like, Jalen Hurd or Jonas Griffith on the field. And I want to see that. So, who are the guys that I want to see? First off, let's start with running backs. So, Trey Sermon and, of course, Elijah Mitchell. So, Trey Sermon is going to be wearing 28 and Trey Sermon since Raheem Mostert is sitting out is probably going to be starting with the ones Trey Sermon if you're not familiar with him he is the best way to explain it is he is an elusive tackle breaking power zone runner so he's like 6-1 215-ish and he doesn't have a whole lot of top end speed. I think he ran like a four five eight, 
but his short area burst is elite. He was like 90-something percentile in his 10-yard split. So he is really good at having vision, setting up blocks, and then when he sees a gap, bursting through that, and he's really good at getting little in small spaces. So like inside zone plays, he killed inside zone plays at Ohio. And I want to see how he does because we want to see how good he is reading the holes, getting through holes, using that wiggle and his short area agility and burst because he is so good at using his vision to set up blocks and and split defenders. Shanahan talks about getting vertical and splitting defenders. He's so good at that. He's also really good at breaking tackles. So guys just kind of like slip off him. Uh, it's almost like when you watch Kamara, guy tries to tackle him and he just kind of like shrugs him off and keeps going and they never quite get a good hit on him. He's kind of like that. He's also got the longest arms out of any running back in this class. He's got like 33 inch arms. So he has a ridiculous stiff arm and I really want to see him stiff arm a guy. Because he has a monster stiff arm. And I'm excited to see how he does. Elijah Mitchell is the other guy. He's a little bit different. He is more of a traditional Shanahan running back. Where he's really good in terms of being a fast, smooth zone runner. So Elijah Mitchell, he started out. I mentioned this in my last one. He started out primarily in college. He played around 215 to 220. He ran about a 4.5 flat. During his pro day, he cut down all the way to 200 pounds to go faster, and he ran like a mid 4.3, so it was like somewhere between a 4.33 and a 4.37. Now he's back up to about 2.10, and he said he's still like a 4.4 flat, and he's been impressing in camp. Also, both these guys have been showing up really well in the pass catching game, so I want to see how they're doing in pass blocking, so pass protection you know, protecting Trey. I also want to see how they are in terms of being a good check down, getting open versus defenders. So how good are they at like shaking loose a linebacker, shaking loose a, you know, a, a defensive back or a safety. But Elijah Mitchell's more of a speed guy. I He doesn't necessarily break a lot of tackles. He was known to run. He wasn't a guy that was going to stiff arm you or shrug off a tackle. He was a guy who was either going to run around you and he has a very smooth upright running style similar to Raheem Mostert or if he couldn't get around you he would just run straight into you and try and truck you we'll see how that translates he, he is quite an athlete and a running a 4-4 at 210 he's gonna have a little bit behind him uh, so I expect him to you know split the defenders get north real quick I want to see how fast and explosive Elijah Mitchell looks I believe he's going to be wearing 49. I'm not too excited about watching Wayne Gallman. Uh, it'll be good to have him in. I believe he's wearing 22. Jamichael Hasty's wearing 23. Wayne Gallman is... He's solid. He's a solid all-around back. I just want to see what Sermon and Mitchell are going to be able to do at the NFL level. Because last year we got basically a full season of Wayne Gallman film with the Giants. 
I just really want to see Sermon and Mitchell. Jamichael Hasty's fun too. We'll probably see him more in the third, fourth quarter along with Gallman. Now, wide receivers. Oh, actually, we can kind of tie in with running backs, I guess fullback. So Josh Hokett, he's probably going to be the starting fullback and the fullback for a lot of these plays. He's number 40. I want to see how he looks. He's a second-year player. Again, undrafted kid. Last year, he was on the practice squad. How does Hokett look playing the use check role? Because that's what he's doing. He's going to be the use check, the fullback in, uh, in this game primarily. So watch for 40. Wide receivers. So, again, Ayuk, Debo, probably going to play one or two series. That's probably going to be about it. Mohamed Sanu, our presumed number three big slot kind of guy, he's sitting out, which means primary receivers are going to be Trent Sherfield. I want to see what he looks like because he's only got like five, I think he only had five catches last year. He hasn't had a whole lot of catches. I think he only has about 100 or 150 career yards, but he's been balling out in camp. I want to see how well he plays tomorrow. Because if he continues to crush it, he can basically cement himself as wide receiver four. He's bigger and faster than I was thinking when we signed him. He's, you know, a, a big, fast guy. He's like, I think, 6'1", 210, probably runs in the mid-4'4s. Four He's a special teams guy who is getting his chance at wide receiver. I want to see how he's doing. Juwan Jennings, he was a seventh-round pick last year. We didn't get a chance to see him. Juwan Jennings coming out of college, he was another big slot guy. He's not fast. I think he ended up running a 4-7, which is why he dropped all the way to the seventh round. But he is a very physical, a big physical receiver. He's six foot three, 210 pounds-ish. Amazing hands. Uh, he was amazing at jump balls, contested catches, and he's a tackle breaker. He trucked and just ran through and over guys so much at Tennessee. And he would just break tackles and truck guys and stiff arm them and go up and get those difficult catches. And he's apparently been playing really well in camp as well. So I want to see what Juwan Jennings looks like. He could, again, sneak his way onto the final 53. Juwan Jennings, uh, let's like take a look here. So Trent Sherfield is going to be wearing... What is he going to be wearing? So Trent Sherfield is 81, and Juwan Jennings is 15. So those are probably the two main guys. Now the other guy I want to see, I don't know if he's going to play or not, is Austin Watkins Jr. He's our undrafted rookie this year out of UAB. He is wearing, I believe, number 7, which is kind of interesting because so is Nate Sudfeld and... So also is another defender. I forget who off the top of my head. I, yeah, I want to say Jared Maiden. Yeah, Jared Maiden. So three guys wearing number seven. My guess is one or a couple of these numbers are going to change tomorrow. So anyways, Austin Watkins Jr., it sounds like he was limping a little bit on Thursday. So I don't know if he's going to play or not. I hope he does because I really want to see him. Austin Watkins has the most incredible hands ever. He has one drop his entire college career. 
He's uh, 6'1", 6'2", 210 pounds. He's not the fastest guy. He ran in the mid 4.5s, but he is your quintessential possession receiver. He's physical, strong, and he is going to get every ball. He's not going to get you a lot of yards after catch. He's not going to break a lot of tackles. What he's going to do is snag that fucking ball, and he is not going to drop it. He has incredible hands. I want to see him because I'm rooting for him. Who else? We might see some Simba Webster, so young Simba. <laughs> He's wearing number six. He's more of a, a return specialist, but with how many receivers we have out, probably going to see him. We'll probably also see some River Craycraft. He's wearing 86, and we might also see, oh, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, 17. Uh, trying to remember. The fast guy. <laughs> Oh, I can't remember his name. Travis Benjamin. There we go. I knew it started with a T. So he's wearing 17. So those are the wide receivers. Offensive line. Uh, the main three are Aaron Banks, obviously. He's going to be rocking 65. He's probably going to be playing right guard for the majority. They might have him play right or left. Also, the other rookie that we drafted, left tackle. Or he'll probably be starting left tackle or maybe second team left tackle is Jalen Moore. He will be wearing 76. So those are the two rookie offensive linemen we drafted. I want to see Aaron Banks provide some protection because he's been struggling, but slowly and steadily improving. And Jalen Moore has been impressing as much as you would assume that a fifth round offensive tackle would so he looks good for what they drafted let's see how he holds up also our second year guard slash tackle colton mckivitz and he will be wearing 68 they have him listed as a left guard but i've heard that he's been playing guard and center we're also likely to see some dan brunskill number 60 moving all around in there i don't really care too much about guys like jake brendel or dakota shepley or yeah, Sean Coleman. We'll see. I mean, if they stand out, that's good, but chances are not really because I haven't heard much about them from camp. So, um, and then other than that, tight ends. Dwelly has apparently been looking really good, so let's see how Dwelly looks. See if he looks bigger, faster, stronger. That's what everyone's been saying. Charlie Warner, same thing. Is he bigger, faster, stronger? And Jordan Matthews former wide receiver we've had on the team multiple times now tight end so just to give you those numbers ross dwelly 82 charlie warner 89 jordan matthews 88 michael pruitt's out with a calf and joshua perkins number 47 he's listed as the fourth or fifth tight end so we'll see if we see much of him he's i believe a third or fourth year player josh perkins so Next up, defense. So, defensive ends, again, we're not going to have Bosa, Ford, probably not going to have a Bukum, or who knows, maybe he's feeling up to it and he decides, hey, I want to go out there, I want to show up. If we see Ibukum, uh, he is number 56. Now, who I really hope we see, and I'm not going to get into all the, a whole bunch of training camp notes, but if you remember last time, I was like, what happened to my man, Mr. P.E.D., unfortunately himself, Jordan Willis? 
he's suspended for six games, and I was like, I haven't heard his name. Go figure, the day after I say that, two days in a row on, I want to say it was NinersNation.com, two days in a row he was mentioned as a standout. And apparently he's been low-key balling out in camp. So I want to see some, I want to see some freaking, some Jordan Willis. Uh, Jordan Willis is... Let's see here. Where is he listed? So, Willis, Willis, Willis. Where is Willis? He's not even listed here. Hmm. Yeah, what's Willis's number? All right, I'm going to have to look this up. And that's not it either. Okay, so anyways, while I'm looking for Jordan Willis, the other defensive end that we're going to be looking at is Arden Key. So Arden Key, he is the former, excuse me, Arden Key will be wearing 98, and Arden Key coming out of college was one of those speedy, bendy pass rushers who like, uh, not a D Ford, D Ford is like a speed to power guy, he's more of like a speed bendy kind of guy, and he didn't play all that well at on the Raiders, but they had him playing five technique and he's more of a seven or a nine. Apparently he's been doing well. So I want to see Arden key. He wasn't, uh, it sounded like he wasn't, he was limping or wasn't feeling too great the last day or two. So we'll see if he ends up playing Jordan Willis. Here we go. My boy, Jordan Willis, former third round pick. He is wearing 94. So I'm looking for 94 Jordan Willis and Arden key who is going to be wearing 98. So 94, 98, those are the two defensive ends that we're going to want to keep an eye out. Uh, also, we're going to have some Alex Barrett. So we'll see what we see out of him. He is wearing number 64. He's another undrafted guy. I think he's in his second or third year. We also have a couple depth guys who will probably see uh, Bellamy and Yarbrough. Don't know what to expect from them, but honestly, if we get some good defensive end play, that's good because it's just more depth. I don't think Bellamy, Yarbrough, or Barrett are making the team. Uh, maybe they end up being practice squad guys, but I want to see how they look, obviously. But again, main ones I'm looking at, Willis, Key, and then probably Barrett after that. So we'll see. Yarbrough's an interesting one, but... Again, we picked him up like a this past week, so I don't expect a whole lot because typically guys are available this time of the year. Not really a whole lot. Cool. So that's our defensive ends, our defensive tackles. Now this is going to be fun because our defensive tackle is deep. Uh, hopefully you can ignore that sound in the background. My cat is running on her treadmill. And yes, that's a real sentence. My cat is on her cat wheel treadmill so defensive tackle we've got former also former raider um hurst so maurice hurst he's been balling out he's a really good player i have no idea why the raiders like let him walk or cut him or whatever the raiders are just dumb i don't understand anything that they're doing because he was one of the he was like i believe their best three technique and I think he is a really good three tech. He's a good, like, uh, a lateral guy. He's got a lot of lateral agility. He's good at, like, covering holes, shooting gaps, and things like that. So, 
We're looking at some Maurice Hurst. Uh, he is going to be wearing 96. Uh, the other one that I'm curious about, I've been hearing a lot about Contavia Street. Contavia Street, I was really excited about when we drafted him the fourth round a couple of years ago, and then he's had a couple really uneventful bad years. First year, he redshirted as an ACL, didn't even play. Um, and then last year, he finally got on the field and he broke Drew Brees' ribs, so that was kind of cool. He's wearing 95, and apparently he's been one of the better pass-rushing defensive tackles. So keep an eye out for Hurst, keep an eye out for Street. We've also got Kevin Givens in here. Kevin Givens is going to be wearing number 90. Uh, so again, we've got another young guy. I think this is his second or third year interior pass rushing kind of undersized three tech you know six foot one 285 kind of like maurice hurst who's 6'2, 290 and then we got contavia street 6'2, 285 are you seeing a trend here we got a whole bunch of interior pass rushers who are kind of 6'1, 6'2, 280 to 290 that are really fast at shooting gaps really good pass rushers so i want to keep an eye on those three guys then we've got a couple big guys who are going to step in. We got Zach Care, all 6'2, 335 pounds of him. He will be wearing 92. And also, Darian Daniels. Uh, Darian Daniels was an undrafted guy last year. He'll be wearing 65. So, Care and Daniels are more nose tackles. So, they will probably look. Uh, kind of look like dj jones although dj jones i think is a little better than them they're going to be battling it out for a spot so that's the defensive line next up is linebackers so there's three linebackers i'm really excited about and then two more i'm just going to mention main three first one that i'm really excited to watch is jonas griffith he was a undrafted guy last year. Uh, he ended up being on and off the squad. I think that we had him on the practice squad. We released him. He got picked up. Now he's back. But he is a hell of an athlete. So Jonas Griffith is, if I remember correctly, like 6'4", 250. And yeah, 6'4", 250. And the kid is a beast. He was a little raw coming out of college. And I think it was a smaller school. Uh, Indiana State, but he's been balling out in camp. I want to see how he plays. I believe that he picked off Trey Lance on one of those plays, and he had almost a second pick. So Jonas Griffith, I really want to see him. He's going to be wearing 53, so high expectations for him, obviously. Uh, Justin Hilliard, he was an undrafted kid out of Ohio State. Justin Hilliard is interesting because he's... He, his college tape, he's very talented, very instinctual, but he's had so many injuries. I think he had like, I, I, I freaking swear he had like four or five like serious injuries in college, like broken arm, torn bicep, leg, knee. So didn't really play all that much in college, but very good when he played. He'll be wearing 58. And he is uh, a little more on the normal side for linebackers. He's 6'1", 230. The other one that I'm curious about is our other undrafted free agent, and that is Elijah Sullivan. Elijah Sullivan out of Kansas State, he'll be wearing 59. He's a smaller guy. He's about the same size as Marcel Harris, 6'215 pounds. 
I'm curious to see how he looks. Um, yeah, I remember watching his college, and he looked like a good college player, but nothing really wowed me. But, hey, we'll see what happens in preseason. He will be wearing again 59. We also just picked up uh, number 47, Payne. I forget what his first name is. Uh, let's see here. Donald Payne. So we just picked up him. He's a cover guy. He's a former safety converted to linebacker. We also have Marcel Harris wearing 36, our former strong safety, now converting to linebacker since he's not good playing deep. And then the veteran that we will probably see is some James Burgess, Jr., number 48, 6 foot, 230 pounds. Al Shire's out with a knee. Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is out with a concussion. So those are going to be the linebackers that we will be watching. Next up is safeties. Now this is going to be really fun. Talano Hafanga. It's going to be really fun watching this guy just run around with his hair on fire. And you probably know Hafanga a little bit. He's a really fun guy to root for. He's got an awesome attitude. He's not the most elite athlete, but he's aggressive. He's great at blitzing. He's great versus the run. He's not the best tackler, uh, but he just he plays with such a high motor, high effort, that even though he's not the best athlete, he makes up for it just with heart and play, play recognition, understanding coverages. So I expect to see him in some underneath coverages, kind of playing that strong safety role. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of him at free safety, which is probably a good thing because he ran like a 4-7. It's not really what you want deep, but it's going to be fun to watch. You know, Talanoa Hafunga. And let me bring this up here. Talanoa Hafunga is going to be wearing... Where are we at here? Come on, Hafunga. I feel like I should know this. Uh, Harris, Thomas. There we go. Talano Hafunga is wearing 29. So, 29. Tart's old number, except he's going to have the giant, like, Polynesian fro coming out the back. So, that's going to be fun. Uh, also, a guy I really want to see how good he is is Jared Maiden. Jared Maiden is another undrafted rookie uh, or a undrafted second year player that we picked up last year. Never got a chance to play. He's listed as number seven, but that might be different. Either way, Jared Maiden plays more free safety and more slot, like a nickel. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays because due to all the injuries that we've had at safety, he might have a legitimate chance to make the squad. You know, I mean, we had to go out and sign Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Gotta love the all-name team. And you know, I know he was a first rounder, but it was also eight years ago, so not as good as he used to be, but hey, we needed a vet. We brought him in. Point being, if Jared Maiden plays really well, he has a chance to make the squad. And he's very much um I think that he was at Alabama. Let me see if I can find there we go. Yeah, Jared Maiden, six foot two fifteen out of Alabama. And then he is a second-year player. So, excited to see how he does. So, Hafunga, Maiden, those are the two guys I'm watching. We've also got Kai Nakawa. I think that's how you pronounce it, number 43. He's been in the league for a couple of years now. I think this is his third or fourth year. 
I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. I hear you. I'll feed you later. <laughs> Sorry. You know how cats get in the night. Um, yeah, so we'll see about Kainakawa. We'll probably see some Haha -ha Clinton Dicks in there. Uh, but the main guys that I'm watching are Hafunga and Maiden. And then rounding it all out are the corners. Now, the cool thing is that we drafted two corners this year, Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore, and we are going to see a lot of them. They are probably going to play the majority of the game. So Ambry Thomas is, I believe, wearing number 20. Let me double check here. Yes, he is. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Diamador Lenore is wearing 38. So... Uh, my guess is that the starting corners, Mosley, Verrett, and I don't know who's going to be the starting nickel. I think Quan Williams is going to sit out, which means it's probably going to be like B.W. Webb playing the slot there to start. Um, but I'm excited to see Ambry and Lenore because they're probably going to take over after the first quarter or maybe after the first one or two series. And we're probably going to get to see you know, a full half, probably two full quarters worth of play from them. And I just want to see how they look because they're not high draft picks, but they are guys that we want to develop in a starter. I think Ambry Thomas has a legitimate spot, a legitimate shot to develop into a starting outside corner. I think he's got the physical ability and the talent. I think he just has to adjust to the NFL and he's been improving throughout camp. Hasn't been great, but he's been improving. He's had a couple pass breakups later on in camp. And D'Amador Lenore, he's he played a lot in college, and he was, he was okay. So I'm hoping that with NFL coaching, he's got good physical traits. I think he can really develop into a good nickel, maybe an outside guy. But I think his, his ideal fit is more in the nickel role. Now, there are a couple other guys that we'll want to look for. Uh, we picked up a guy named Myers. He's an undrafted guy who I think has about two or three years in the league. Alexander Myers, number 41, Mosley's old number. And we also have Ken Webster, number 40. We'll probably see a good bit of him. He's a second or third year player, so maybe we get something out of him. So these 40 players. And 35 BW Webb we just added. So, again, main ones I'm looking at is 20, Ambry Thomas, the third round. D'Amador Lenore, 38, our fifth rounder. And then we'll see if we get anything from 40 or 41, Ken Webster or Alexander Myers. So, there we go. That's who we're looking at. That is what we're going to be watching, and I am freaking pumped. I'm not going to waste your time too much with camp notes. The main thing that I will note... We cut Kevin White. We signed Donald Payne. Jordan Willis has apparently been playing really well in camp. Ibukum has been out for a lot with the injuries. We signed Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Hafonga had a good interception. Jimmy's been throwing too many interceptions. Tony Jefferson got hurt with a groin and a hamstring. We ended up putting him on IR. Austin Watkins is having that nagging thing, so we'll see if we see him. Heard has not really been doing all that much and then he finally showed up thursday with three catches and like prevent defense and a two-minute drill ambry's improving and uh yeah nick bosa and d ford are on track they're probably not going to play until the third preseason game but they should both be good to go so that's pretty much it 
Have an awesome day. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy watching some 49ers football. Have an awesome time. Enjoy it. I believe the best way to watch it, if you don't get it locally, I believe that you can do a free trial of the NFL Game Pass. Uh, And then, of course, there's going to be highlights that come out. So there will be plenty of highlights that come out after the game. I would just pop over if you don't have a chance to watch it. Um, over to just go to YouTube, go to the NFL channel. They'll have all the highlights. At the very least, you can catch the highlights if you can't watch the actual game. And I'm sure if you click around on the internet, you can find some other less legal ways to watch it. So, anyways, have an awesome time. Enjoy the game. And I will probably follow up with you tomorrow, Sunday, to talk about what we see with a quick, instant react. I will catch you later. Have an awesome day. Go Niners! Woo!